Welcome back to another episode of Go Girl, because women are powerful, with your host, Ashley Caprice, where we focus on affirmations, motivation, girl talk, and girl power. Today, we're talking to a woman in music. If you watched Unsung the other night, it featured the sexy, the fabulous Adina Howard. We'll have some girl talk with her after this. that song makes me feel like heck yeah we can run the world right girls especially when we believe in ourselves and that's why i do these affirmations in the beginning of every single episode so today's i am affirmation is i am confident that's right i know you felt good when you heard it and now's your time to say it Look in the mirror, look at yourself in your phone while you're trying to take a selfie, but don't take a selfie instead. (laughs) Just look at yourself and say, I am confident. But you have to feel good when you say that. And if you don't, then you need a little more confidence. And that's what we're working on together. Being confident means not caring what others think, just being comfortable in your own skin. And that's also welcoming freedom. When you're free to be who you are and live your life under your terms and not care what anyone else thinks, ah, you feel good and you exude how you feel onto others. I know some people walk into a room and you're like, why is she so happy or so this or so that? That person is confident. Don't be jealous. Don't hate. Admire them. Like, all right, go girl. She over there capturing the room just by walking in. When you walk, now look, I'm going to be honest, okay? I did a photo shoot recently, and the photographer wanted me to walk, and and he was going to flash some pictures. I'm like, look, I do not like my walk. I am pigeon-toed, bow-legged, knock knee. I'm all of it. I don't have the prettiest walk. And add heels on top of that. (laughs) So he helped me out a little bit because I don't care for my walk. But when you walk, (laughs) you should have your head up high. Put your shoulders back, your chest out, and walk confidently into any room. That's what it is. Every time you walk in a room, open that door like, yes, I'm here. What was that Queen Pen song? A party ain't a party till I'll run through and me and my crew. Exactly. The place should just light up when you walk into that room because you have so much confidence in your body. And that doesn't mean be cocky, okay? That doesn't mean being be conceited. It just means... I'm here. I know who I am. And just be confident in yourself. Be a big kid. Laugh. Dance like no one is watching. Sing your heart out, even if you can't sing. Now, I think I can sing, but I feel like my family and friends are haters. You know, they're always like, oh, my God, Ashley, be quiet. You cannot sing. But I think I sound good because I'm confident in my voice. So just do whatever makes you feel good. Even at work, in your career, if you're going out for job interviews, look the person in the eye while you're talking. Smile while you're talking to the interviewer. Have a very firm handshake. Now, don't squeeze it too tight. Don't try to break those bones. What is the metacarpals? Is that what it is? Or I love that word. The metacarpals and the, um, what is the other one? Oh, the phalanges. (laughs) Phalanges. I'm not about to look it up right now, but I like saying like technical terms sometimes, like the clavicle, your esophagus, your epidermis. That's your skin. That's a little anatomy right there. But yes, I did go off on a tangent, but make sure you have a firm handshake and be confident in in your skills and your qualifications and what you have to offer and bring to the table to that company. Be confident, ladies. It's important. It goes a long way. Even right now, how are you, how are you sitting? Are you slouching? Are you walking and your back is not straight? Sit up. Sit up. Stand straight. Be confident. It's all in your body language as well how confident you are. Show it. All right? Those are some ways to be confident with yourself, confident in your career. So remember, I am confident. Now, I'm about to have girl talk with a woman in music who has so much confidence in every way. Let's get into it. Yeah. 
I'm so excited to have the fabulous, the sexy, the super confident Adina Howard on the line for Girl Talk. How are you doing? I'm blessed and marinated in divine favor. How are you? Marinated. Okay. I am I'll blessed as well. i the marrow. I love it, girl. <laughs> now, first of all, I met you a few years ago. I was working at a radio station in Sacramento, and you uh, performed for our throwback holiday jam, and you were so sweet and kind and nice and put on a dope show as always. So thank you for being amazing. Thank you. I appreciate that. I receive all of that. So I was watching Unsung the other night and Mm -hmm. I love the episode. I just like watching people and their journey and everything. And I'm like, this is so true. Before there was a little Kim, before there was a Foxy Brown, there was Adina Howard and you pretty much paved the way for young artists like her because you just came out with it. And I love that about you. You're just unapologetically you. And so tell me about that. How are you, especially at that time, because I saw that you you grew up in a church and then you came out and your music was totally different. So what was the reaction at that time? You know, the relatives that I'm close to did not have an issue with it. My friends that, you know, that were truly genuinely friends didn't have a problem with it. I've always been supported throughout my journey. You know, I may have disappointed, you know, specifically my mother at times, Mm -hmm. but in spite of, I've always had that village that helped raise me and support me. And so when it came to doing what I did with my music, I had no issues. I think the only person that had an issue uh, at the time with the music was my dad's mother. Mm. And she was hot as fish grease. (laughs) (laughs) What did she say? Did she clutch her pearls? Oh, my gosh. She was like, you know, no good Christian woman would carry herself like that, would say that. So and she was like, you know, the conversation started out, oh, I was so proud of you until I heard the song. (laughs) (laughs) Like. Like, oh, I said, see, let's pause right there because who said I was a Christian? Oop. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I was like, let's pause on that one. I was raised a Christian. Yeah. But I don't claim being a Christian. I have some Christian ways about me because they have been rooted in me for so long and so deep. Um, but I, I truly believe that because I was raised a Christian, I am Oh, that's what it was. But mm-hmm. I don't think that I would have chosen that had I had an option. So I don't claim that. But I do believe in the doctrine of respecting other people and not judging other individuals for what they choose to do. Because what is written for them, you cannot interpret. It is not your place to put a roadblock or try to stop someone or, in, you know, mm-hmm. or intercede with your, your opinion about what you think is right or wrong. And so I just basically had to tell her that that's not your place. Your your religion tells you to not judge. So why are you judging? Right. I, I think that is common with Christianity. That it very much so. You know, it's like don't judge, but then sometimes they judge. You know, and I'm I'm the same way. No, there ain't no sometimes. <laughs> You know, I'm just trying to, it's the majority trying to of the know, time. soften it up a little bit. I'm just trying to soften it up. <laughs> yeah, but I, I'm the same way. Mom is Christian. Dad's Christian. I grew up Christian and everything. But uh, I do feel like, especially the past few years, that my relationship with God is more important. Uh, so I focus more on spirituality exactly. and everything instead of the religion so much. Exactly. And that's where, you know, and that's where I am with it. But, you know, when it was all said and done, I just like, you don't matter. Mm-hmm. Your opinion to me, the way that you feel about the situation doesn't matter to me because you're, what you're saying to me is irrelevant. That was the grandma but, right there. You know, like, yes. Yes, that was, that was my dad's mother. Absolutely. Yeah. I always liked you know, that you but, were so strong mm-hmm. and opinionated. And has there ever been a time because... You know, I I feel like so many people are on their self-care and mental health journey and loving themselves, which is awesome. But I feel like watching your documentary and just speaking to you now, it seems like you've always been so aware and known yourself and loved yourself. Has there ever been a time or something that made you get to that point or have you just always been that way? I had to get to this point. I think what has to be understood about the journey of life is. It's a constant process. 
and we go through different processes in this journey that we have. Mm-hmm. And so I think each each time we we hit a finish line and which is another starting line, we're you know we're continuing to grow and we're continuing to be molded and so on and so forth. And everything that we do, say, feel, hear, interact with molds us into who we've become. Mm-hmm. And so where I am today is because of that molding process that, you know, growing up and going through. Right. That got me here because there, you, you know, just as well as I do, that you can encounter people and just the mere encounter with them will shift your perspective. Yes. And when it shifts your perspective, then all of a sudden you're, you're, you're veering off into another, you know, situation. Girl. Now you're doing something different, detour, whatever you want to call it. So I've had many people that I've encountered, very, you know, beautiful spirits, but not so much, that have shifted my perspective. They've touched me in ways that broaden my, you know, my outlook. And so now I am here because of all of that. I love that. And that is so true. Being on this journey of life. And like you said, we encounter people sometimes. And I feel like sometimes uh, as a good person, you think everyone's a good person until you come across some people. And you're like, oh, oh, this is what they're talking about when there's evil in the world. And, you know, people have ulterior motives and everything. And it's it's really scary out there. But you have to know yourself to get through it. Right. And you know what? The world does not have to be scary. Yeah. If, if you have this, this fearless mentality that the, one of the things that I've, I've learned and I look at, you know, cause I, I do look in my rear view to reflect mm-hmm. on where I've come from and, and to move forward and to see where I know I could possibly go, but to focus on the moment, it's like, wow, mm-hmm. I've come a long way. So, and there's a saying that I'm sure you've heard, if God brought you to it, God will bring you through, through it. Exactly. I feel like everything is a you test. Know? Everything is a test or a blessing in disguise. And we're all here just to learn lessons in life and then exactly. share those lessons with others like you're doing right now. Exactly. You know, there's a book called Sacred Contract. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that it says is we have contracts with, with the people in our lives. You know, regardless of the, the the season and the length of the season, we all have contracts with one another. Like, I have a contract with you. Mm-hmm. In this very moment, we were to meet at this moment and have this conversation and so on and so forth. And so we have these people that come into our lives to do the work that needs to be done, and we have to do the work that needs to be done. Yeah, exactly, and the work within ourselves. Because sometimes maybe they're bringing something out of us that we don't even know. And when we work on ourselves, it's like, oh, okay, now that I went through that situation, I worked on myself a little more, now I'm much stronger and wiser moving forward. And I thank you for being nasty and ugly because all of that was a blessing in itself. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes we want all of the good. and like, oh, we can make, you know, you can make this transition all pretty and stuff. But then we have to be grateful and thankful for all of the adversity. Yeah. You know, because if it weren't for the adversity, we would not be who we are. Exactly. How do you... And self-care is so important. Self-care is very important, just like you said. So I was going to ask, how do you stay centered and aware and focused on your self-care? What does that mean to you? You know, I I fast periodically. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that I noticed for me that was lacking in my everyday life was meditation. And one of the things that was included in my fast was mandatory meditation and prayer. And so I get up every morning now, and before I get out of bed, I sit up in my bed in meditation posture, and I go into meditation for about 20 to 40 minutes. And then I'm like, okay. And, and within the meditation, this praying, and I get, once I'm done, I get up and I, and I move about my day. So I want to talk about that because that is so mm-hmm. important to me. I um, I just put this on my Facebook actually yesterday, and I was 
quoting a scripture, Philippians 4, 6, about not being anxious for anything because um, I had anxiety. Like the past few days about things, I had stuff on my mind. And I put in my Facebook status that prayer and meditation always works for me. And I I do feel the difference on the days that I don't meditate. It's like I just feel a difference. And I've been so I've been meditating a lot more within the past year. And beforehand, like a few years ago, I was meditating a lot more. Then I fell off and things started happening and my mind wasn't clear and everything. And it seemed like once I started meditating again, now I feel peaceful again and calm again. Right. Talk about the importance of meditation for you. It's, it's, for me, it's, it balances me. It centers me. It grounds me. It helps me to be realistic in my perspective. Mm-hmm. It keeps me connected to the divine. Mm-hmm. It keeps me grounded to Mother Earth. And, it, and because I'm connected to heaven and earth, I'm able to have a mindset and a perspective that is, you know how they say you're so you're so heavenly minded, no earthly good. Mm-hmm. I am heavenly minded, but at the same time, I'm of some good okay. to this earth. Mm-hmm. I'm mindful. I'm, I'm aware on both, you know, on both aspects. So mm-hmm. because I am, I'm, I'm able to do better by me. I'm able to do better by other people. Yep. And in addition to because of that, you know, Mother Earth and so on and so forth. The divine is proud. Because, and, and one of the things that we have to understand is what we do to other people, we do to ourselves. Yes. So it will behoove us to, to stay focused on being, you know, grounded and connected to the creator and, and doing right by people and loving and sowing seed that's going to bear fruit and not weeds. Yes. People have to understand if you do something to someone else that is not what you would want done to you, you're going to experience that in some shape, form, or fashion. So watch the seeds you sow because they will grow. That's all I'm saying. I so agree. That's it. And it's like just respect others. The exactly. Treat others. And that's meditative in itself. Yeah. That's therapeutic in itself. That's prayer in itself. You know, because there are moments where you have to not go and like, Lord, help me. <laughs> this person okay help me to do the you know the right thing yeah help me to you know shut me down and use my tongue you know get all of this chatter out of my head right because this person is making me i'm, I'm trying not to go from one to ten right zero to 100 real quick seconds. okay like calm me I down even on zero. i'm already on one as it is when he talks to me <laughs> so <laughs> right <laughs> like god i, I feel my I'm blood i feel my blood boiling i feel my body getting hot calm me down relax me so meditation is so important right oh, it I'm can sorry, be done anywhere and it can be done anywhere even taking three simple breaths before i, I do this before right. interviews just three long inhales and exhales and that's it. People, I think, get intimidated because they feel like, oh, I have to sit and be quiet for, like you said, 20 to 40 minutes. I'm at, I'm still at 10 minutes right now. So a lot of people think, though, that it's going to take forever and I can't do it. I can't shut my mind out. And it's like, yes, you can. That's the one. That's you the first what? thing is believing that you can. This is the one. It's something just dawned on me as we're talking about this. For those people who don't understand meditation, and think that, you know, it's a difficult thing. The concept is difficult for a lot of people to grasp mm-hmm. because we have a whole lot of nonsense, a whole lot of nothing going on in our lives every day. So to shut that out tends to be like a task and overwhelming. But if people looked at meditation as daydreaming, mm-hmm. they may understand, I think they'll understand it more because really, honestly, that's all it is. When you go, when you start daydreaming, you're meditating on something. Mm-hmm. You're thinking about that particular thing. Nothing else is consuming your thought patterns mm-hmm. at all. There's one particular thing that you're daydreaming about, and that in itself is meditation. Right. Yeah, meditation is just so important. So I hope anyone listening to this, please try your best. There are so many apps out there as well that can help you yes. with meditation. They're even on YouTube some meditation guided Girl, meditation YouTube university baby okay like there are so many guided meditations they will talk to you mm-hmm. as you're meditating and tell you how to sit properly tell you when to close your eyes how to breathe 
just try it out. It's so much information out there. So if you don't try it or don't want to do it, that's just because you don't want to. But if you want to, you know, I feel like live a better Mm -hmm. lifestyle and be more aware and centered, I think meditation is definitely key. Meditation saves people's lives. Yes. It saves people's lives because stress is a killer. You know, people who who have anger management problems, meditation can, you know, can, if they have a cue to shut that down and go into a meditative state, yep. they'll be able to calm their nerves. It saves people's lives. Absolutely. Absolutely. I do want to touch on fasting really quickly. What does that mean to mm-hmm. you? I, I did a consecration with my church for January. So it was one day a week where we just didn't, eat until about 3 p.m. and then we can eat so when you fast what do you do I know some people that fast so I know they're they're probably listening and want to know some tips on that for me when I fast and usually when I go into meditation and prayer and and know that I'm it's time for me to fast I'll ask what the sacrifices need to be because for me fasting is about sacrificing something if you want to receive you must give um and my vices I tend to walk away from for, it could be 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, just really depends on what my spirit calls for. The main culprit for me that get that rides my behind is sugar. And when I say having to give that up, baby, it is, it is not an easy thing to do, but the reward right. for being disciplined is greater than anything, you know, that you had to sacrifice really. And I know for me, if I don't walk away from my vices, mm-hmm. I'm going to get too comfortable and internally is going to start to rot, mm-hmm. wilt, die. And not just on a physical sense, but in a, in a spiritual and emotional. Mm-hmm. And so I have to clean the, gut, the gunk out. And that's for me, that's what it is. I'm with you there because, I, like I said, I'm all about self-care. And uh, the discipline, so what keeps you disciplined pretty much is knowing the reward at the end. And the food you eat. I see you over there being a chef. Absolutely, I love it. (laughs) How did you get into cooking? Or has it just been always been within you? I've always been into cooking and I've always, you know, loved the taste of better than good food. I love nurturing people. I love loving on people through my food. Mm -hmm. Food is also another form of seduction. Yeah. So, you know, I'm a control freak. I'm a manipulator. I know this. (laughs) I was about to say, you know that about yourself. I think you're the first person to ever say, yes, I am a manipulator, and that is what it is. I am. Come on. Baby, look at here. I'm very truthful to myself about who I am. You know yourself. I, I love that. I have to be transparent with me. Yeah. And in order to be transparent and be truthful with other people, it starts with me first. Right. I'm a Scorpio, boo. <laughs> I'm a manipulator. I I used to, when I tell you, when back when I was operating from a much lower energy, like vindictive behavior, you know, get back with everything to me. Mm-hmm. I had a very dark energy that, took over jealousy, envy, insecurity, mm-hmm. you know, all of that existed. That Was that all within you or did the industry kind of contribute to that some insecurity it, and jealousy as well? Some of it, some of it exists, already existed, but I think, you know, being in the industry, it exacerbated it, you know, it, mm-hmm. it magnified it, but it, it started when I was a, a little girl out in the world, you know, liking little boys and little boys would like the other little girls and not you, mm-hmm. you know, that type of thing. Like, okay, well, what's, well, what does she have that I don't have? You know, and why you does start, he like her more than, than, than me? Then you start looking for approval so, from guys. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, and one of the things that I've learned as I've become a more seasoned woman mm-hmm. um, and more mat- I've matured, I, I noticed that for me that came about because my dad was not in the home. Got it. And for children in general, but for little girls to not have their father in the home, that sets them up for a lot of challenges in life. Mm -hmm. Um, The fact that, you know, you're the father and you're supposed to be the first boyfriend. You're supposed to be the first person that she falls in love with. You're supposed to be the first person to be that example of how a guy, a man is supposed to treat her. Yeah. And for that to not be present, we tend to have to 
you know, learn on our own if there aren't, you know, the proper examples around. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we fall down, scrape our knees, we get back up and say, okay, we either like that or don't like that, or that's what it's supposed to be. And we continue to go through this journey having to learn through experience, good, bad, or indifferent, and having to interpret that for ourselves. Right. And then sometimes you you look for love in the wrong places. Exactly. Or not even looking for love in the wrong places, just looking for love in general, and it's coming from any and everywhere. Right. You know, and and you're having, and there's no, there's no filter to help you figure out, okay, what's acceptable, what isn't. But then again, as an individual, you tailor make how you want to be treated mm-hmm. and how you want to be loved. Right. You said you your know, own But having to go through that without that guidance mm-hmm. um, is challenging. And it was challenging for me, one, because I did have my father at an early age, but because he was an addict um, mm-hmm. and he was abusive, my mother was like, yeah, I'm raising four girls. That ain't about to happen. One, I don't. My mother came from an abusive environment. Yeah. Her father was, you know, was abusive to her mother. So she grew up with that narrative. So when she was able to date, she got somebody just like her daddy, and she was just like her mama, and that that, that narrative played out right. until it didn't anymore. And I was young when that happened, thank God. Mm-hmm. But, I, I, you know, so I don't remember much of it. And so because of her moving out and him no longer being a part of my life, it was like, okay, well, daddy... What, what, where is he now? Mm-hmm. Why isn't he here now? Why isn't he loving on me now? Why isn't he engaging with me now? Why isn't he guiding me now? Where is he? And that that created a void. And he wasn't coming around because his his love was with drugs, mm-hmm. heroin, and crack. And so now I'm having to go through this without him, and it created an insecurity because of like the abandonment issues that developed. Of course. You know, the rejection, how that felt in my mind. It was like, oh, oh okay, so I'm not good enough. That That's more important to you. Well, this is what it's going to be now. And so that shaped and molded me, like we said in, you know, earlier in the conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, the experiences that you have mold you. They shape you. And, and, and you, you detour sometimes or, you, you know, it's just your road broadens or narrows. And it just is what it is. Do you feel like that's why, because you said you are controlling or control freak, do you feel like that's why? And do you feel that way with your relationships with men, that you're more of a control freak, maybe because your father was not there when you were growing Absolutely. up? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm aware of all of that. But in addition to, I'm also aware that one of the things that we as children have to understand, and I'm still working through it, um, we have to understand that our parents have a story. We have to understand that our parents have a struggle, too. Yep. You know, that they're not going to be perfect, that, you know, that they never were, (laughs) so they won't ever be. And whatever challenges that they had to go through in their lives manifested in such a manner where they did what they they did, and they do what they do. Mm -hmm. Having that compassion and that understanding and that empathy helps me look at my dad differently and have a a, a better relationship with him. Good. So you guys are good and now. We, you know what? It's a work in progress. Okay. You know, it's what I, I, I will forever love him because he, you know, the creator chose him to give me life. Yeah. But you know, one of the things that we have to understand in this life is just because their family doesn't mean you have to, Stay connected to them. Okay, like if they're you can toxic, love people from a distance. Exactly, and if they're toxic, it's probably you know, safe to keep your distance sometimes. Exactly, parents, siblings—it don't matter. Mm-hmm. Children, if it's not a healthy relationship, and it and is, you know, like you said, it's toxic. It's best that you put that on the back burner and keep moving forward. Some stuff you just have to put to the wayside and like, look, I'm not even about to deal with you right now. If it's a situation where we're supposed to be connected and we're going to have a better relationship, we'll get to that season. But right now, this season, it's falling off. Mm -hmm. I'm not about to deal with you. Right. (laughs) I got to go. You know, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) So, but, you know, I do, we do have a, you know, a relationship that is a work in progress and I, and all of us are imperfect, period. 
Period. You know, and because I recognize that, I, it's easier for me to to connect. You have the empathy, and that's good because you understand yeah. his his plight and struggle. And I I watch Jada Pinkett's Red Table talk sometimes, and she even said that about her mm-hmm. parents. She was she wanted more and expected more. Her dad wasn't there, and they were trying to build their relationship again and everything like that. But she had to realize that her parents are on their own journey. It's like we right. as kids feel like, oh, but you're my mom and dad, so you're supposed to do this and that, and you have to be there for me. Right. And, but they have their own struggles in their own life that they're dealing with. We're all individuals, but we're all connected. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So now I have to work within me to, to, to dig out all of these roots that produce weeds mm-hmm. in my, you know, in my spiritual garden and say, okay, one of the things Michael Moore said, is, 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 who is the guy who does documentaries, yeah. he says, focus on the flowers, not the weeds. On the growth. But, right, exactly. However, we do need to understand that we do have weeds and we need to go into our garden and clean up, mm-hmm. you know, pull that stuff up. Because if we don't focus on it to get it right, it will overrun and there will be more weeds than there will be flowers. Mm. That's a good one. You do know, so do we, the self-work. So we have to. Absolutely. Self-work is important. If you don't do self-work, you have no self-worth. Say it again. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't do no self-work, you have no self-worth. I feel like there's so you know, many broken people walking. Like, we're uh, we're all broken children. We've all been through things. And some people become a victim to it, and some people overcome it and become a victor. So you decide right. how you want to continue with your life. And if you become a victim, you're always going to want attention and sympathy and think, oh, woe is me, and be negative. But if right. you're a victor, then you're like, this happened, but whatever. It's made me who I am now. And let me continue because we all, we, we don't know how long we're going to be on earth. So why spend most of the time being a victim and sad about your situation and your past? Get over it and let it go and do that self-work. It's important. Right, right. And, and, and if, in order for them to get over it, though, they have to, they have to reflect. Exactly. And have to understand why they've gotten to the point that they've gotten to. How did they get there? And part of it is not looking at everybody else. It's looking at you because no one, unless you are a child, you, no one can make you do anything mm-hmm. that you have no desire to do. Even if they put a gun to your head, you still don't have to do it. Yeah. So it's the choices that you make as that individual that got you to the place where you are today. Good, bad, or indifferent. Hold yourself accountable. Yes, you can say Exactly. Exactly. Because you're responsible. Exactly. For you. What you do, what you say, how you feel. Like they say, we teach others how to treat us. So if you have someone in your life a little too long who's treating you bad a little too much, it ain't that person's fault. You know what's going on. Right. <laughs> you know? You know what's right. going on. Girl, it, we- exactly. You, you're allowing the behavior to continue right. for whatever the reason may be. Right. And you have to be ready, willing, and able to be done with it. You need to say, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Mm-hmm. But only when you're tired. And I love that your mom, that was an example to you. The fact that she didn't stay in the relationship, you saw her strength in being able to leave the relationship with your father. And I'm pretty sure that's probably helped you in your future relationships. Like, oh, if someone does this or that to me, I don't have to stay in it because... I'm a ride or die, or I'm going to stay down and loyal. (laughs) Let me tell you, it has helped in such a great way, but at the same time, not so much, because I will dip on your ass in a heartbeat. See, that's, (laughs) I kind of had that issue too. You breathe wrong. (laughs) I don't like the way you breathe. I don't like the way you blink your eye. (laughs) All out of here. I'll just deal with this shit. (laughs) I kind of, that's me too. Like, it gets to a point where I don't want to deal with no bush, like, at all. Like, right. I don't have to. My mom didn't put up with nothing. I don't have to put up with anything, you know? So, okay. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so it, it, like, it's a catch-22. It has its pros and its cons, but 
you know. Exactly. Now I at least least give chances now. Like, okay, you messed up once. I'm going to talk to you about it. If you do it again, then you're out. (laughs) Like they say, first time, shame on you. Second time, shame on me. Exactly. So when it gets to shame on me, then it's like, all right, I got to dip. Okay, let's. Uh, okay. I feel like we could talk all day, but let me get to. <laughs> so, back in the day, freak like me, and I want to thank you for t-shirt and panties for sure because lingerie is mad expensive. So I know. Right? I'm, like, I'm like, I could throw on his t-shirt. Cool. Throw some <laughs> panties on or not, and cool. Like I'm okay. good. <laughs> thank you. That's what's up. And going on a little bit uh, deeper no pun intended, with self-care, you know, your sexuality and being yes, it is. yourself. It's like my friends, and this might be TMI, I might cut it out. I don't know, depending on how I feel when I edit. But <laughs> <laughs> I tell my friends, because I'm like, maybe you just need to explore yourself. <laughs> you know, if they're going through something, I'm like, go, girl, go, go explore yourself, you know, a little bit. Meaning, yeah, have some self-love with yourself. And so you don't have to, Absolutely. you know, clear your mind, girl. <laughs> Go ahead and do what you exactly. got to do. You know, it, it's so important if a person is raised in a religion yeah. that forbids that, that's probably one of the reasons, too, why that's not happening. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, if you if you had that religion that beat that in your head, you're not, you're not about to go there with no self-love. Right. Not like that. That's a very difficult Thing to break out of, and that's unfortunate. You know? But those of us who love <laughs> self love, okay. you know, there's, there's, check out the Lilo toys. <laughs> <laughs> Has a little toys, you know, your hands don't don't trip. I mean, the shower, right. the shower has a lot of benefits. So, baby, <laughs> hallelujah. Okay. Praise the Lord. All right. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so I saw a tweet from you. That you missed your unsung episode. You said you had to get back into the studio to record a new project. Tell me about that. What are you working on? I'm working on a new situation, the project. Um, I don't know what it's going to be called yet because I started on one and then it took a different direction. So I don't know what it's going to be titled at this moment. However, in the studio, and giving you about to bring some grown-ass woman music yes. to the ears. Yes. You know, I'm 45 years young now, and I've, as we've been talking, I've been through some things in this life. And 21 was me sowing my wild oats, you know, just getting out into the world and experiencing it mm-hmm. for the first time independently of, you know what I mean? And so now that I have the, the, the training wheels off and I've been on my journey and I've gotten to this point, there's so much that has taken place in my life and there's a different perspective. And I know that as a woman, I am not the only person that has had these experiences Mm -hmm. and to be able to that in music. um, I look forward to it. That's very true. I know even listening to some music, like I love Jill Scott, I love Lauren Hill. And for a moment I could listen to Lauren Hill's music. Like, okay, girl, you know, you sing that song. But now being through some stuff, it's like, oof, this whole album is my life, you know? So, right, it, right. We, and we all think that we're alone in situations. And it's like, no, other women have been through that too. So, I do like that you are going to speak your truth and, and put it out there in a song as you do best. Yes, it's important because one of the things that I've learned is this platform that I've been gifted serves a purpose. And, like you said, to, you know, to let women know that they're not in this by themselves. Mm -hmm. There is a village out there that can embrace you because they overstand. Right. I love it. And and I think it's good for women that we look up to and we admire in the music business or whatever industry to talk to the youngsters sometimes like, hey, you know, this is what I've been through and – you might go through it too. Like, hopefully not, but you might go through it too. And this is how you can overcome it. So I love that. that right. You're do that. Absolutely. It's important because we're all here for a reason and it's not to be self-serving. It's to be of service to others. Exactly. Well, I can't wait to hear it. Uh, before we wrap up, I do have a couple of questions. I asked social media if they have any questions for the artists that I'm going to interview. 
And so I have mm-hmm. Nicole who watched Unsung. She asked, uh, she said, ask Adina Howard exactly what she said <laughs> to Wendy Williams about Sylvia, Brandy, and Wanye to have her album put on hold. Hmm. It will, I won't ever say it again. Okay. <laughs> but you like, uh, you know it's, what? It's, the thing is, because it's, you know what? Because I know people have the curiosity of what was said, mm-hmm. but when it's all said and done, it doesn't need to be repeated. Okay. What's said is said, what's done is done. Got it. Another question. Chuck Dizzle, he asked, what was your relationship like with Tupac? It was a beautiful relationship, platonic friendship. He just was a good guy. That was my dude. Do you have one memory from you and Tupac that you can share? Um, I just, I remember the first time meeting him face to face, we we were, he came to my hotel and we were going to ride back, you know, to his hotel. And so we both had rental cars and, uh, we were driving back to his hotel, literally racing through the streets, being foolish. <laughs> and we were racing through the streets. I think it was, we we're on, uh, Sunset Boulevard somewhere in there and just being young. And did he win or did both you win? Mentally and physically. <laughs> oh, you know, he won. He won. Oh, <laughs> I think we, you know, we always, um, on the West Coast, miss Tupac. And when his birthday comes, you know, his death anniversary, we're always playing his music and, um, you know, instrumental to m- music in general and the West Coast. So whenever we, because Chuck Dizzle works in music as well and radio. So it's like oh. whenever we, uh, get to talk to an artist who was around during that time. We're like, dang, how was it? You know, because he was so influential. The West Coast celebrated him like they, like Pac came from the West Coast and he came from the East Coast. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, he repped you for the West that Coast. He was born in California, right? But he repped for the West Coast like he was from here. So we were like, okay, we ride he with did. him. He definitely did. <laughs> we he repped hard too. Yeah. Last question. This isn't from anyone, it's just from me. What advice would you give to other young ladies growing up and trying to do music in this day and age? The advice that I would give is be involved in the business aspect of it. Warren had, there's a, there's a part in Warren, when Warren G and I did What's Love Got to Do With It, yeah. there's a part in the song where it says it's 90% business, 10% show. Keep that in mind. 90% business. Therefore, since that's the biggest piece of the pie, that should be your focus. Because if you don't take care of your business, there's nothing to show. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You're, you can go out there and, and do your thing, but at, at some point in time, because you didn't handle your business properly, you're going to be entertaining to the point where you need to entertain because you're broke. Right. So always know the business, handle your business, Hire someone who is qualified to be management, not talking about they're qualified, but can prove they have a history, you know, a resume of success with artists. Um, get an entertainment attorney. Uh, make sure that you pay your taxes. Mm-hmm. That's important. Hence, this all goes back to the business. I interviewed Warren G before, and that's one thing he said, pay your taxes. I'm like, okay, that's a big one. I don't think a lot of people are that business savvy these days. It's important to handle your business, you know, and then your spiritual business is important to handle. If you're going to get into this business, understand that there is a lot of dark energy that that is in the entertainment industry. It doesn't matter what sector, you know, sports, music, acting, whatever the case may be. It's a lot of dark energy. And you need to have your spirit right, your mind right, before you go out into that. Because if you don't, the darkness, darkness recognizes darkness. It acknowledges it. It gravitates to it, just like light gravitates to light more often than not. Mm -hmm. So have your spirit right. That's so important. Know when you go into the industry, and this is one of the things that hit me not too long ago, is understand something. The way that you debut It's how people will see you. Regardless of the growth that may take place in your life as an artist, I am a living testimony. How you debut is what will be cemented in a person's mind. Mm -hmm. And that's how they will want to see you more often than not. You know, I'm 45 years young and people still, you know, coming at me like I'm 21. You know, it's like, really? I just had somebody email me 
time, of, you know, I've been a fan and I love your music and, you know, in, in so many words, you know, I, I, they want a freak like me. Dude, I'm 45. <laughs> like, I'm not. <laughs> but, and if you paid attention to my unsung, you, I, I choose you. You don't choose me. I love that you said that in that show. I was like, that's right, girl. Like, I yelled at the TV and everything. <laughs> like, let them know. <laughs> You choose. Like, you have the power. What? Right. You, I, I know you want me I know you want me to choose you as my option. I get that. I don't blame you. I would want to be my option, too. That's what I'm saying. Take a seat. Take a Take number a while you're at it. <laughs> Take a number. <laughs> but that's, that's the confidence in all of it. That's you knowing who you are. I love that. Exactly. <laughs> and that's important for us, and, and that's important for these young ladies getting into this industry, understanding that, because it is ran by men, and so they more often than not have a vision that may not fit your feet. And if that's the case, you need to be confident and comfortable in your skin to be able to stand up and say, no, I don't want to do that. Yeah. And then you'll come back more often than not and say, well, you know, such and such is doing it. This is how they're getting paid. Well, we'll you know, Cardi B started out like this, and Nicki Minaj started out like that, or Beyonce started out like that, Rihanna did this. And they will throw a bunch of people in their faces like that. Mm-hmm. And if you're not confident in who you are and know who you, how you want to present yourself, you're going to be molded into someone they want you to be and not developed into the person that you want to be. Right. They'll just make you be who they, yeah, exactly who you are not, right? Exactly, and and, that, and that's and, and to and to be living a life where you always have to put on a costume that makes you uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry when you look at somebody wearing shoes that are uncomfortable. <laughs> they don't walk right. They don't act right. Mm-hmm. They don't talk right. When you, are, you know, what I'm saying mm-hmm. they're agitated, they're irritated, and it's just it's just not a good fit. And at some point, they have to come off. At some point you know, in the industry, you'll be yourself. Be, and then be true eggs always, yep. always, always, always. That's because that's who you're created to be, you, period. Yep. God yeah. didn't make, I tell people this now, God didn't make any mistakes and God didn't make them any messes. People do. Mm-hmm. You know, we make the mess and we make the mistakes. And where we tend to make the mistake and the mess is when we're not true to ourselves. Right. And so go into this business handling your business, spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally, financially. All of it. Dropping advice. Yes. Adina Howard right here on Go Girl. Because women are powerful, and you are definitely powerful. I'm just loving all. I can, I'm soaking it all in, all the advice <laughs> for the women in the industry and just life in general. And I'm just so glad right. that you're doing well, that you're still you know, coming out with more music and you're so confident in showing others it is okay to be confident and to love yourself. That's the most important thing. Love yourself and you can love others. Respect yourself and you will respect others and those other people will then respect you because they see that you demand it. Exactly. You know, you have to, in order for people to treat you the way that you want to be treated, you have to be the example of that. Exactly. Love all on yourself in every way. Okay. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Adina, thank you so much for coming. I appreciate this whole conversation and I'm sure that the listeners will take something away and, and will learn a lot of things about you about themselves and how to continue to navigate this thing we call life. So you go, girl. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You go, girl. Yes. Now it is time to get into some music motivation. Motivation. It's the key to life. Money, power, and respect. What you need in life. That was me trying to rap right there. That was from The Locks featuring Lil' Kim and DMX, their album Money, Power, and Respect. And that is what you need in life, right? Money. I always say, get money, get your money. You heard Adina Howard talking about handle your taxes and your finances before entering the music industry, and it's true. Make sure you got your money right, girl. Get your power back. And that comes with everything in your relationships, in your career, with yourself, knowing who you are, demanding power, and being powerful. Remember, I am powerful. Remember, because women are powerful. Go, girl. So keep the power. But make sure when you have that power that you're not abusing it. 
that you're not now being rude and mean and disrespectful to others because you got a little power, maybe a little fame, a little more money, some more assets, whatever it is. Money, power, respect. Pretty much the interview with Adina Howard said everything that I needed to say about this music motivation and everything. So I'm going to let the interview sit for itself. But respect yourself and respect others. Demand respect from other people. If someone's treating you wrong, you, you stop them immediately and say, hey, I don't like you talking to me like that. Hey, I won't accept you talking to me like that. Hey, I don't like when you did this, that, and the other. Hey, this bothered me. You have to demand respect from others. And that might mean saying no sometimes too. So demand respect from yourself. If you're uncomfortable with doing something, that means you need to set a boundary. And setting boundaries is so others can learn who you are and to respect you. So money, power, respect is the key to life. Money, power, respect is what you need in life. Now, some ladies who respected each other recently I have to give them a Go Girl shout out. It's time to celebrate. So the Grammys Aretha Franklin tribute aired recently and featured Jennifer Hudson, Celine Dion, Kelly Clarkson, and so many more incredible, talented artists to sing some Aretha Franklin classics. But there was a moment backstage that I loved. Fantasia saw the music artist Her, and she said this. You are a beast and you are a blessing and your music is a breath of fresh air. So never stop. Fantasia just sounded like an angel and <laughs> saying you are a beast and you are a blessing. And that is so sweet because her is a new artist, just came out within the past few years, and I'm pretty sure that just made her feel so good is that another that a veteran in the music industry is showing her some love and being about sisterhood. The R&B sisters got it right. Can we get the can we get the rappers to do the same? Nikki, Cardi B, no? Okay. But Fantasia, you go, girl. You go, girl. For spreading love to another woman coming up in this industry because Fantasia knows the highs and the lows, the struggles of it all, the dark side, the good side. And for her to tell her, well, that sounds weird. That got awkward. For her to tell this other artist some incredible things about herself, It's just dope. It's all about women empowerment. And that's why my show, Go Girl, exists. So again, Fantasia, you go girl. You go girl. And that wraps up this episode. Be sure to come back next week and rate or subscribe this podcast. Share it. Write a review. Do whatever your spirit tells you to do, okay? All episodes are found on www.ashleycaprice.com. Don't ever miss an episode. I want to thank Adina Howard for coming through and dropping so many gems. My goodness. And be sure to follow her on social media at The Real Adina Howard. And follow me too at I am Ashley Caprice. I'll be back next week. But remember what? I am confident. And you go, girl. Go be great. <laughs>